जुगावतार मनवंतर अवतार कुछ शक्तावेश अवतार हमें लीलावतार जुगावतार उनावतारेशनालिटी But Shaktavish avatars are sometimes a living entity. Jiva is empowered with the by the supreme personality of God. The word Shaktavish, Shakt, Shakti Avish, Shaktavish means empowered. Some individual is specially empowered by the potency of the Lord in order to execute a special. mission they jiva tattvas they are not vishnu tattvas the others are all vishnu tattvas gunavatar jugavatar purushavatar they all are vishnu tattvas but only shaktaveshavatars are not vishnu tattvas sometimes shaktaveshavatar can also be vishnu tattva but sometimes he can be jiva tattva and in the examples of shaktavish avatars are uh, prithu maharaj here then parashuram uh, narad muni vasudev these are all shaktavish so <coughs> he prithu maharaj is now assumed the role of a king he appeared and uh, he became active straight away he saw the condition of the planet not very nice so he rectified those defective defects in the uh, planet earth planet now here also we have to consider another thing or under, take note of one point that the ruler prithu maharaj was not a ruler was not the ruler of one particular tract of land as such he was not the king of one country he was the king of the entire earth planet and that used to be the standard in other ages up to kali yuga the last ruler who ruled over the entire earth planet was parikshit maharaj but after parikshit parikshit maharaj uh, like parikshit maharaj up to parikshit maharaj uh, these kings of india used to rule over the entire earth planet including the oceans shashagara sagar means ocean sa means along with shashagara means the earth planet along with the oceans not only the land part of it even the water part of it was under their domination they ruled over the entire earth planet and there were subordinate kings after them uh, there were other kings but they were subordinate to this uh, sarvabhouma kings this sarvabhouma samrat and after the uh, under the samrats there were rajas Maharaja. So Prithu Maharaj was one such personality who ruled over the entire Earth planet, and <clears throat> the assembly was consisting of uh, all the important personalities of the state, uh, mainly Bra- exalted Brahmanas and Kshatriyas and Vaishyas. mainly brahmanas and kshatriyas meaning uh, the rulers of other countries and prithu maharaj 
he is addressing them here he is he is making a few points the first point he is making that i have been appointed as a king by the supreme personality of god so king must recognize that he has that very important and very exalted position uh, by the mercy of the lord it's lord who has actually placed him in that position and those days it was not difficult to uh, understand because those days everybody knew practically everybody knew not only those days i have seen even about 40 50 years back people had a clear understanding most of the people believed in god they had an understanding that everything belongs to god i remember once i was uh, talking to a cobbler mochi while he was repairing my shoes and he was telling that i was asking him and he was telling that he how he believed in god how he uh, how he like although he was a mochi although he was a cobbler obviously he was not educated but he had the understanding god is there and karmic reactions that whatever he is doing accordingly he will get his result whatever is happening to him today is happening because of his past activities and so forth so in this way we can see that in india people used to have a natural understanding that everything belongs to the supreme personality of god so so here uh, prithu maharaj is addressing admitting that that he has got this position uh, because the lord has appointed him now when one has that understanding that he has been appointed by the lord how would he function won't he naturally function like a, as a representative of the lord recognizing the fact that everything belongs to the lord and he is acting on behalf of the lord taking care of his his property a king never considered that his kingdom belonged to him a king in india the kings in india never considered that his kingdom uh, was his property uh, they used to have a clear understanding that it is krishna's property and he is acting as krishna's representative as krishna's servant and that is the reason why at certain point these kings could give up everything and walk into the forest because they were detached they knew it didn't belong to them belong to them if i know that something doesn't belong to me it belongs to somebody else then uh, it won't be difficult at all for me to walk away from that situation knowing well that it belongs to him so that is the vedic culture and when one is situated in that culture he will naturally become happy when everyone has an understanding that everything belongs to krishna ishavashyam idam sarvam chapkincha jagatkantya ishavashyam everything belongs to the supreme personality of god and he is providing for us jatkincha jagatan jagat he is the supreme proprietor and he is the supreme caretaker and he is taking care of everybody but then comes some individuals as king on behalf of the lord they take care of their citizens knowing well that these citizens are actually also lords parts and parcels they are also the children of the supreme personality of god so their position was like that of a servant of a master and he used to see or rather they used to see that everyone else is the children of his master in india it's a very common thing like we grow up uh, with servants some servants belong to had been in the family for a uh, long long time i recall one such person in my life uh, and we never knew that he was a servant we thought that he was a part of the family 
he was a member of the family. We used to address him as Dada, as elder brother. And, and he used to take care, he used to chastise us. If we did wrong, I mean, he would be heavy with us. Like, <laughs> but in front of my father, he was very submissive, very humble. <laughs> but to us, he was very strict. <laughs> so, <laughs> the position of a leader is something like that. He never considers that, that whatever he is there for him to take care doesn't belong to him but belongs to somebody else. So, in this way, the civilized human society was structured. So, here we can see, like this is the first thing he considered, that I have been situated in this position by the Supreme Personality of God. In Brahma Samhita also that point is very, making very clear, has been, has been made very clear. Uh, that is, Jad Bhavo Bhavita Dhya Manujas Tathaiva Samprapya Rupa Mahima Sanajana Bhusha Rupa, Beauty, Mahima, Glory, Asana, Seat or Position, uh, Yana, uh, Vehicles, Bhusha, dress and ornaments and other things. Samprapa Rupa Mahima Samajana Bhusha. One has achieved that. Now, whenever we have these things, we have to recognize that they all have been awarded to us by the mercy of the Lord. But nowadays, because the society has become atheistic, people have lost that culture. And they think, oh, it's my property. Oh, I am so handsome. I am so beautiful. And the result is their false ego become inflated. All these things, beauty, wealth, position, name and fame, they all increase our pride. As a result of that, our false ego increases. But if we recognize it has been given to us by the Supreme, by the mercy of the Lord. The Lord has given. Whatever wealth I have is a gift of the Lord. If I am very strong and very powerful, gift of the Lord. If I have, if I am very famous, gift of the Lord. And this way we remain submissive and humble. And when a person remains situated in this way, then he will not suffer. Because he knows that it has been given to us by the Lord. And if someday he loses it, the Lord has given and now Lord has taken it away. But when we consider that they belong to us and we lose it, then what, what will happen? will become completely shattered, will become completely devastated. Oh, I lost my money. Oh, I lost my position. Oh, I lost my uh, famous situation. Oh, I lost my beauty. <laughs> but they are so transient. Like sometimes, uh, ultimately how long will this last? When you are dead, what will happen to our beauty, strength, position, bank account? All will be gone. And someday we have to die. So better to prepare ourselves for that. That someday we have to give everything up. Someday we have to walk away from everything. And that can come, that moment can come at any time when we have to leave everything behind. Therefore, it's hum a civilized human society teaches one to face that situation. Recognize that nothing belongs to you. Everything belongs to the Supreme Personality of God. You are only a caretaker. If you are in a big position, recognize that you are simply a representative taking care of his property. 
So that's the first thing. I carry the scepter to rule the citizen by the mercy of the Lord only. And protect them from all danger and give them employment. So this is another responsibility of a king. Give protection to my citizens from all danger. The word, the word, the, the word Kshatriya, Kshatriya means one who gives protection. Kshatat, Kshatat, Kshat means injury. Kshatat trayate iti Kshatriya. The one who gives a protection or protects one from injury, he is a Kshatriya. So the, the responsibility of a Kshatriya is to give protection to those who are subordinate to him, those who are under his care. Therefore the Kshatriyas have to be very powerful. Like he would say, okay, these are my people, they are under my care and I will not allow anyone to cause any kind of, inflict any kind of injury or damage to these people. They are my people. That was the mood of a Kshatriya those days. They are my people. Just like a father gives protection to his children. A king used to give protection to his citizens. And Prabhupada is pointing out in the purport, not only they would give protection to the human beings in the kingdom, they would give protection to all the living creatures in, this king, in his kingdom. Even the animals will get protection from the king. We have, we can, in this respect we can remember the incidents of King Shivi. Once Indra and Agni wanted to test him. They came in the form of a, of a, a pigeon and a, and a, a eagle. And the pigeon came to King Shivi and said that, please give me protection. And King Shivi said, fine. And he told the eagle that spare him. He said, he is my food. He said, I'll give you some other food. He said, okay, I want the food from your body. The flesh amounts, the same amount of flesh as that of the pigeon. If you give, then I'll, I'll spare that pigeon. King Shivi said, fine. So he, huh, with his sword, he cut out some piece of flesh from his own body. He put the pigeon in one side of the balance and on the other side he put the flesh. The pigeon weighed more. And in this way he just kept on cutting his body. Still it didn't balance. It was not equal to the, the weight of the pigeon. And then King Shivi was about to get onto that thing himself on the balance, weighing machine. Then Agni and Indra assumed their original form and said, we just came to test you. So these are the qualities of Akshatri. They would go to any extent to give, give protection to their subordinate citizens. Not only the human beings, even the animals, even the other creatures. And that is their civilized human society. And another thing they are pointing out here is employment according to their respective position in the social order. Social order, the human society has been divided into four orders. Those four orders are Brahman, Kshatriya, Vaishya and Sudra. They are known as Varnas. Chatur Varnan, Maya Shrishta. Krishna is saying that I have created these four Varnas according to Guna Karma Vibhagasaha, according to the modes of the material nature and according to the activities of an individual. One acts and as a result of that there is a reaction. 
when one acts one acts in a particular mode sometimes we act in a mode of goodness sometimes we act in a mode of passion sometimes we act in a mode of ignorance or the kind of modes that are prevailing in us according to that there will be our action and reaction in this respect there is an example the different modes how people in different modes will react like so for example <coughs> somebody gets hurt say he is crossing the road and a bicycle uh, hits him the person in the mode of ignorance will just start crying oh i got hurt i got hurt huh? person in the mode of passion he'll just get the Huh? Get hold of the bicycle, get hold of the cyclist, and bash him up. <laughs> But the person in the mode of goodness, what he'll do? He'll brush off the dust and say, "Don't worry, it's okay. It was actually my fault. I should have seen huh? if if you're coming while crossing the road." So same action, but three people reacted in three different ways. and accordingly they'll get the action also reaction also okay, the one in the mode of goodness have the reaction accordingly huh? and mode of passion and mode of ignorance according to their modes they will get the reaction according to their action they'll get the reaction so <clears throat> and according to that guna and karma the human society has been divided in four orders those who are in the mode of goodness they are brahmanas those who are in the mode of passion they are kshatriyas those who are in the mixed mode of passion and ignorance they are vaishyas and those who are in the mode of ignorance they are shudras and according to their nature all i mean it's not that the division is made like that it's their specific nature that actually uh, determines their uh, orders like for example a brahmana he his nature will be in a certain way a brahmana wouldn't like to get involved in the materialistic activity brahmana will prefer to be away from the madding crowd and he would be absorbed in spiritual and intellectual activities that's a brahman far from the madding crowd in a very peaceful situation they would live there and all they will not take anything practical from the human society they will not take anything but they will give so much to the human society they'll benefit the society in so many wonderful ways they will perform sacrifices for the for the benefit of mankind they will uh, when people when they would see that some calamity is becoming imminent then they will they will counteract that because they had the foresight they would know and they would guide the kings as the ministers and tell them what to do and what not to do and then the kshatriyas their nature is completely different they are there just to enjoy their whole whole uh, attitude is meant or geared towards enjoyment and that's natural for the mode of passion mode of goodness reacts in a certain acts in a certain way mode of passion acts in some other way and not only the human beings are actually affected by the modes even the animals are affected by the modes like for example a cow is in the mode of goodness look at the nature of a cow so peaceful so gentle even if you hurt the cow cow doesn't usually re- retaliate react just tolerate and you can see cow takes just some grass which which cost practically nothing 
and gives them milk. And not only milk, practically everything from the cow uh, is beneficial. Even cow dung is beneficial. Cow's urine. And now it's people are realizing that how important cow's urine is. It's such a, it has such an incredible medicinal effect. Like in Mayapur, uh, we are not only getting the cow's milk, we are also selling cow's urine. And it's selling, like people are, <laughs> we can't actually cope with the demand. So much demand is there. And the demand is coming in. Anyway, now we are actually, because of the demand, we are set, setting up uh, a proper uh, uh, manufacturing unit to cope with the demands. So, uh, this is the nature, this is the uh, tendency or this is the natural characteristic of the mode of goodness. But look at the mode of passion. Which animal is in the mode of passion? Huh? Lion. Lion. So powerful. And lion is therefore, lion is considered to be the king of the forest. It's very noble. A lion is very noble. You take shelter of a lion, lion will give protection to you. <laughs> That's, everybody knows that. In the forest, the lion gives protection to the other animals who are under his <laughs> jurisdiction. <laughs> and so this is the nature. We can see the, in the individ, individual in the mode of goodness, their characteristic is akin to the nature of the cows. Whereas those in the mode of passion, their nature is more akin to that of a lion. We use, we use the expression man among the lion, lion among a man. And the kings are like that. People in the mode of passion are like that. They, in one hand they are very powerful, at the same time there is some noble streak in them. They are very noble, they are very upright. Those who are properly situated. And their nature is, if they want, they want to enjoy the nature uh, and whatever they want, they will take it by their power. Akshatriya will never buy something from the market. He'll go and get, take it. He'll say, well, I need something. I need it. And he'll grab it. Like this is how they even used to get married. The princes used to have Sayambara and she had the choice and she, whoever she choose, chose, then they used, they used to be attacked after she gave the garland or accepted that king or the prince, Kshatriya king or the prince, he, other kings will attack him. And just like when Bhishma Dev went to get Ambika, Amba Ambika and Ambalika from Kashi Raja's palace, and three daughters of the king of Kashi, Benaras, he considered them to be the suitable match for his younger brother, Vichitravirja. And he just went to the assembly, they were in the Sayambara, they were about to select their husbands. And Bhishma went and said, like, I am uh, Deva brother, son of uh, King Shantanu in the Surya dynasty. He first <laughs> introduced himself and then he addressed them why he came. Uh, he said, I have a younger brother. He has just become the king and he, in order to ascend the throne, he needs to get married. So we decided that these three girls are suitable match for him. So I have come here to claim these three girls for my brother. Because Vishma himself was a Brahmachari. He took a vow of lifelong celibacy. And saying that Vishma actually 
pick them up in his chariot. And he, he, he announced, he challenged. If anybody wants to stop me, please come forward. Try to stop me. And all these kings attacked Bhishma. And Bhishma single-handedly fought and defeated them all. Same thing happened with Arjun uh, when he claimed Subhadra. He just took Subhadra and the other Kshatriyas came and attacked. The same thing happened uh, when they won Draupadi. At least with Subhadra, Arjun was prepared. He had his chariot, he had his bow and arrow. But now here they are just five Brahmana boys. That's how they appeared in the court of in the, in the court of King Drupad during the Sayambara of Draupadi. And there was a condition and no one could fulfill that condition. But when Arjun fulfilled the condition, all the Kshatriyas became insulted and they attacked him. And they didn't have any weapon. Bhim just picked up a pulled out a tree and, and they started to fight and they defeated all these Kshatriyas how powerful they, they, they were that so the point is this is the nature of a Kshatriya he will grab what he wants but that is one side of his nature but there's along with that comes the responsibility, protection. If you want to enjoy, you have to give protection. You can't just enjoy irresponsibly. So okay, you want to enjoy, but the social responsibility that has been imposed upon them is the responsibility to give protection. You're so powerful, okay, give protection to your city. So therefore, Kshatatrayate iti Kshatriya. The Kshatriyas, because they are in pure uh, mode of passion, they are extremely powerful and fearless. Whereas the individuals, those who are in a mixed mode of passion and ignorance, they have the desire to enjoy but they do not have the strength to grab and get it. Therefore, they, uh, they trade, they trade, they get something uh, to make money, they make money and with the money they buy what they want. A Kshatriya will never buy anything, I mean a real Kshatriya. Can you imagine Prithu Maharaj going to the market and buying something? Can you imagine Parikshit Maharaj? No, <laughs> they are just... Uh, there and they would say they would consider what they wanted and they say and what is their need actually what they want Akshatriya uh, as I mentioned like Akshatriya would want a princess and that's how he would get the princess in most cases like Krishna's own pastimes are actually such wonderful examples the way he conquered Rukmini the way he uh, won over Mr. Brinda, glorious way. And a king would want a kingdom. He won't go and say, well, how much? How much are you going to sell it for? No, there is no question of that. He will go and he will challenge the king. I like your kingdom. Huh? So give it to me, otherwise fight with me. And if you voluntarily surrender, huh, then you, I'll give you protection. You will become subordinate to me and I will give you all protection. But if you don't accept that, then come and fight with me. And in that battle, whoever will win, will gain the kingdom. So this is how the Vedic society was divided according to the nature and characteristics of different individuals. Brahmana, Kshatriya, Vaishya. Vaishya would not behave like a Kshatriya. Vaishya would do trading. He would get one thing, 
he would do business business means buying and selling uh, buying and selling how to buy how to sell uh, in this respect i remember one of my jewish god brothers uh, once told me that when he was young actually the jewish people they train you from their child from your child from their childhood they train their children how to become businessman so <laughs> he was taught that get something from somewhere where it costs nothing and take it to somewhere where it costs the most <laughs> so you buy it you collect it from somewhere where you don't have to pay anything and take it to somewhere where everybody wants it and he told me that after hearing that the first transaction he made he went to his brother his brother grew up but he had a good collection of marbles like you know mar you play marbles huh? the <coughs> goli <laughs> so so he told him that look you don't have any need for that so why don't you give it to me he said okay take it so he took it took that huge good collection of marbles and he went to his school and he told his friends that i have these marbles if you want you can buy my price will be cheaper than the market and, and that was the first transaction he made so that is that is a vaishya this is how he makes profit he buys and he sells and by selling he makes his profit <laughs> of course there are two types of thing one is by selling and the other is by providing service these are nowadays business is mostly uh, the service oriented business anyway the point is uh, these are the people those who uh, are vaishyas who do not have the strength to get what they want but they want to enjoy therefore uh, they get by means of in exchange of money and they make money and they get what they want and then the sudras they they cannot they do not know what to do because they are in the mode of ignorance they do not know what to do therefore they have to be guided by others and engaged by others and the other three varnas engage this fourth order brahmana vaishyas and kshatriyas engage the sudras in their service and they give them protection they maintain them very nicely as i was saying like uh, even some years back in our in our young days i we have seen that how even the servants were treated as a part of the family as members of the family family and this is how the civilized human society was structured and and the rest for point prithumara is saying that <clears throat> that it is the responsibility of a king to engage all four orders according to their propensity employ them according to their propensity yes what you are saying ultimate ultimate they are vicious i mean there are two types huh? you see one is those who are employed by the landlord huh? then they are sudras huh? but those who are cultivating on their own land huh? they are vicious like vicious occupations are krishi godaksha and vanijya cultivation is the first one krishi godaksha protection of the cows and vanijya is business and the others are they all they cannot independently develop uh, their decide their occupation they have to be engaged by others and employed by others so that is the and these are the three uh, four orders of varnas or varnas varnashrams okay so it's almost quarter to 10 <laughs> so does anybody have any question yes
Ultimately, what is happiness? Happiness is the fulfillment of desire. Whatever we desire, when that is fulfilled, when we get what we desire, that is happiness. Now, as you pointed out, the Kshatriya's happiness is of certain kind. Like, uh, the, ultimately what you were saying is the, it's a matter of fulfilling their desires. Like a Kshatriya wants to rule over, dominate, enjoy. Ah. And he has been given the authority to do that. Okay, fine, do it. But, ah, along with the enjoyment is the responsibility. Right? So, for example, the Vaishya's responsibility is not only to make money. The Vaishya's responsibility is to cater to the demands of the society. That's the responsibility also. So higher the position, greater is that responsibility. Like a Kshatriya's responsibility is greater than that of a Vaishya. And a Brahmana's responsibility is greater than that of a Kshatriya. Although he is not actually taking anything. But his desires are not relative to this material nature. His desires are generally relative to the spiritual reality. And by fulfilling those desires, he is deriving his happiness. So, Maharaj, uh, I want to clarify regarding this Brahmanas. So, is that the, the responsibility is giving guidance to other Brahmanas and Asamas? Is it that the Yeah, right. The Brahmanas position is that of a guide, leader, like spiritual, spiritual leader. And their service is rather selfless. They don't want anything in return. They will do it voluntarily. But by doing that, they will derive some pleasure. Just like, you know, when the elder brother sees that the younger brother is happy, he feels happy. So Brahmana's position is like that of an elder brother. And when he sees that the younger brothers are protected, the younger brothers are happy, he feels happy. And he doesn't mind. Uh, sacrificing something for their pleasure. Like, as I told about the Jewish godbrother of mine. <laughs> like he went to his elder brother, wanted the marbles, and he said, okay, take it. So he sacrificed the marbles for his pleasure. And <clears throat> this, uh, that is the nature of goodness. They don't want anything in return. Because they do not have any desire for enjoyment. And they would go out of their way to help. Like they would, sometimes these Brahmanas would travel. They would be expert in medical science, Ayurveda. And they would travel and if some, they would see in a village if someone is sick, they would treat them. And won't take anything in, ret in return. They won't charge any fees. They would just do it, do it free. Huh? Yes, yes. That, which means they used to guide them spiritually for their benefit, for the others' benefit. Another small extension to this question. We see in the case of, uh, uh, we see in Brahmanas, the qualities they have is gentleness and simplicity. So, we see in the case of Chanakya Pandit, he is very simple Brahmana. Uh, he is simple because he doesn't have any material need. Right? We become complex because we need so many. The more we need, the more complex our life becomes. 
Right? So, if we don't have any need, then our life will become very simple. In today's world, you can see how complex life has become because everybody needs so many things. You have to have a color TV. You have to have a cell phone for every member of the family. You yourself have to have three cell phones. <laughs> you have to have, you know, so many things and life is becoming so complex. Of course, not the life of devotees. Uh, devotees would use all these facilities for the sake of spreading Krishna consciousness. That's another thing. But can you imagine how, the, how difficult the life is for the materialistic people? And when they don't get, how miserable they become. Whereas a devotee, because he is situated in the mode of goodness, if I don't have anything, it's fine. Like that reminds me, once Badri Narayan Prabhu, my godbrother from, he is the GBC of Los Angeles, California, he was telling about one devotee in San Diego temple. They were taking uh, statistics of, uh, you know, some kind of statistics was going on. Government was making a kind of a survey. And this lady came and she was interviewing this boy, Brahmachari, and asked, uh, what is your income? I don't have any income. Do you have a job? No, I don't have a job. Do you have uh, a place? Do you have a house? No, I don't have a house. Uh, do you have a girlfriend? No, I don't have a girlfriend. <laughs> then that lady practically screamed. Then why are you so happy? <laughs> she couldn't understand how one can be so happy without having anything. But she doesn't realize, she didn't realize that actually one who doesn't have anything, doesn't have any craving, he is really happy. And Prabhupada said, you are hippies, now you have become happy. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Maharaj, we see that there are uh, different varnas uh, and uh, different ashramas, like we have four varnas, uh, Brahmana, Sutra, Vaishnava, Sutra, and Vaishnava is considered to be superior to all these varnas. So a person may be in mode of goodness, ignorance, or passion. So generally, when a Vaishnava preaches, he goes to, uh, in general, he goes to any person and gives Krishna consciousness. So it doesn't discriminate whether a person is in mode of goodness, ignorance, or passion, passion and ignorance. Yeah. So it may so happen that uh, uh, Vaishnava gives Krishna consciousness to a person in mode of ignorance, but because of his strong conditionings, he is not able to practice Krishna consciousness, even though he has a lot of faith. Okay, I got your question. You see, an expert preacher knows, uh, like an expert doctor, how to treat the patient. He doesn't give the same medicine to everybody. Now it is, of course, that's what is happening. Antibiotics for everybody. <laughs> Right. But an expert doctor knows uh, the symptoms and according to the symptom he gives the medicine. Similarly, an expert preacher knows how to preach to different individuals according to their nature and characteristics. Like for example, uh, like when he would go to a person in a mode of ignorance, uh, he won't give him a whole lot of philosophy to him. He'll give him some Krishna Prashad. Because he knows that that is the way he is going to be affected. Not by philosophy. The philosophy will fly over his head. But to a Brahmana, Brahminical person, intellectually exalted person, he would give them philosophical understanding. But those who are in the mode of passion, uh, he won't give him philosophy, but he'll tell them the material benefits he'll derive by accepting Krishna consciousness. <laughs> because that's what he understands. So in this way, in order to preach, we have to be able to understand the different situations of different individuals and treat them accordingly. Not the same medicine for everybody. Okay, your last question is over. <laughs> I said that was your last question, you said. Okay, I'll extend it to another one. <laughs> well, the question is that uh, uh, 
this between God of ignorance, let us suppose, uh, if we, they are given faith, they have that faith in Krishna which may be more than those who are in mode of goodness. The faith will generate by eating prasad. <laughs> their faith, that their faith won't generate according to their intellectual understanding. I mean, if he's really in ignorance, then he, you see, like, ignorance means he doesn't have the ability, intellectual ability. But he'll see, he'll understand it. His faith may be very simple. Oh, they're giving me prasad. These are good people. I can follow them. That is the mentality of a shudra. I can trust him. He will take care of me. Sudra is loyal to his master. And in this way, they will develop their loyalty. Alright? Hare Krishna. There was another question here. You had a question? He was asked, you know, that's a priyas. That actually did not buy the things. What I think they take the things by power. Isn't it like looting people's yeah, the thing is, you see, in today's society, there is no Kshatriya. In the democratic society, there is no room for Kshatriya. The only Kshatriyas that are the semblance of Kshatriyas in today's world are the mafias. <laughs> they, are, they are actually like Kshatriyas. They will go get huh, what they want. And if you surrender to them, then the Godfather will give you protection. Okay, okay, you are paying me money, I will give you protection. That's how the mafias function. They are different groups. And they fight. They fight not only for their own animosity. If somebody of their team is hurt, they will take revenge. So this is, you know, their responsibility towards their followers. And that was the Kshatriya. Oh, you have done that to my man? Come. <laughs> he will pull out his sword. Yeah. And it's not that they are just looting. They are not looting in a small scale. scale. They are going and grabbing. Going, you know, it's not looting actually. They are challenging. Okay, uh, I want your kingdom. So you have two options. You either surrender to me. Uh, that means your kingdom comes under me and I will give you protection. But if you don't, come and fight with me. Fight, open challenge. Uh, it's not looting. Right? It's a kind of happening between equals. Both are prepared, both are ready to fight. And he gave the option <coughs> first uh, whether you want to submit or whether you want to fight. The option was there. So they are not looting in that way. It's very 